0: Welcome to Crystal Clear Finances, where we understand finances can be confusing, but you don't have to face it alone and you can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. I'm a certified financial planner, certified kingdom advisor. Fiduciary, and I am the founder here at Crystal Clear Finances. For over 25 years, we've been here on the radio providing financial clarity so that you can have confidence for every financial decision. Well, today we're going to be talking about a topic that for some people, they really don't like it. You got it. It's taxes. And I know you said, Crystal, didn't I just finish tax season, you did. But there are things that you can do each season of the year so that when tax season comes, it doesn't wipe you out either financially or emotionally, that you're actually ready for it. In fact, one of the things that we do is we work with a tax strategist when it comes to financial planning. We wanna make sure that our clients are getting top cutting edge information so that they know what they need to do. Maybe it's making a charitable remainder trust or a donor-advised fund where they can be generous and give funds away when they're not quite sure which organization they want to give it to. That's okay. They can set up one of the uh, donor-advised fund in their family's name and be able to make the gift and get the tax credit. Or perhaps there's other ways to do it by setting up a SEP or a simple, for those of you who are listening, who are the business owners, there's ways that you can put money in there so you're not taxed at the rate that you are right now. So there are a lot of options, things we can do as far as strategies to get ready for when tax season comes again next year. So let's start there. And one of the things I'd also like to do, because this seems to be a concern and I wanna make sure that we address it. I want to talk about the rule of 72T, and you might say, never heard of it, but what you may heard of is saying, I need to touch my IRA, and I am not 59 and a half, and it doesn't qualify as as, uh, a reason where I can touch it according to the IRS, and I don't want to pay a 10% penalty. Well, there are ways around that. It's called the Rule of 72T, and we're gonna talk about that today. We're also gonna talk about the beneficiary IRA because Thank you, SECURE Act. Yes, that would be sarcasm in my voice because the SECURE Act says now when you receive that IRA and you're a beneficiary, not a spouse, but a child that's received it or a loved one, which I guess a child and a loved one could be the same person, but if there's someone outside the family besides a child that receives an IRA, they've got 10 years. 10 years to use that money up because the government says, I'm not waiting any longer. So we wanna talk about that as well. So all those subjects we're gonna try to put into a short period of time, but I will continue to plow through it. And if you have questions, feel free, give us a call at Crystal Clear Finances, 518-433-7181. We are literally just a phone call away. We'd love to help come alongside you, provide you a free initial consultation to see if we should be working together. So with that being said, and I want you to know that I can provide this cheat sheet to you, but I have in front of me a cheat sheet called the tax planning for every season and it literally breaks it down to spring, summer, fall, winter, so that you can have a holistic approach when it comes to your tax planning. So the very first thing when it comes to springtime, what we wanna do is we wanna look at what are you doing with your IRAs? What are you doing with your Roths? What are you doing with your SEPs and your simples and your HSA? Now I know, I just gave you a whole bunch of information and out of that information, you might say, that's just a lot of letters that mean nothing. Remember this, when you're doing your taxes, if we're using an IRA, or 401k, which is why people tend to use it. If they say, I don't wanna pay the taxes today when I'm younger, stronger, have a job and can do it, I would rather wait till I am retired, older, don't have a job and have to live on whatever I've saved at that point, I'll pay my taxes then. Well, then if an IRA is what's right for you or what you want to do, we need to begin looking at those components In the beginning of the year, January till April 15th, and I know this past year it was April 18th because of Good Friday, but in that window, many individuals can add, or you can add to your IRA, to your SEP, to your Roth for the previous year. And so as you look at this year, 2022, and you say, oh, taxes are already done, unless you filed an extension, When we get to spring of 2023, we need to be having this discussion. You'll be sitting down, if you don't have a tax strategist, you'll be sitting down with your CPA or sitting down at Jackson, wherever it is that you go, maybe Ben Cars is taking good care of you, and you're sitting down with him and he's going to say, okay, here's how much you owe, here's what you could put in an IRA to be able to lower the amount you owe. Just think twice when you do that, because remember, anytime you don't pay the tax today, you're just kicking the can down the road. And while our government gives such a great model of this example of how to do this, one of the things you may consider is when you are tired and when you are older, that's when the taxes come due, right? You have to pay them by the time you reach 72. So one of the things when we're looking at taxes is in that January two. 2- April timeframe, wanna be really careful to make sure we're putting the money, whether it's into an IRA or perhaps this is the year where you're going to wanna put it in a Roth so that you don't ever have to pay taxes on it again. Now, come summertime, one of the things that we look at is we sit down and we encourage our clients, sit down with your CPA, sit down with your tax strategist, and again, if you don't have one, give us a call. We can give you some uh, referrals, is that you can sit down with them and say, okay, now the tax season's over and you're not doing a zillion of them, let's take a deep breath and let's look through the tax return to see what can we change now. See, when you go to your accountant in January with your shoebox full of receipts, they really can't do anything because the damage has been done, except for if you're making that contribution to the HSA or the SIMPLE or your SEPS or your IRAs, if you're doing anything in that component. But you wanna make sure you do your planning in advance, and that's why now in May, June, being able to say, hey, I got my tax return. What can I do the rest of this year that can alleviate how much tax I'm going to have to pay next year? That was one of the tax tips that we talk about. Another area that we look at is we look at your paycheck. We wanna make sure, hey, are you every year when it comes to tax time getting a whole lot of money back? Then maybe what you've listed on your paypa- paycheck for deductions is incorrect. What should be we, should we be doing, if I can talk today, with the withholdings? What should we be doing when it comes to different areas where you need to check? Sitting down with a tax strategist can help you in that area. Now, in the fall, one of the things that we want to make sure that we're doing is looking to see Based on how much money you made, did you pass the social security cap? Because if you no longer have to pay into social security, you want to make sure if that extra money is showing up in your paycheck, let's get that money working for you. Last week, I talked about lazy money, the fact that there's money out there sitting in people's checking accounts, savings accounts, bank accounts. It's sitting at home, wherever it is, and it's lazy money because it's not working nearly as hard as you are, and it's not working nearly as hard as inflation is to try to drive up prices. So we wanna make sure that during the fall time, we can see, okay, What's happened? Have I passed that threshold? Is there new money coming in? Have there been bonuses that have come in? We wanna begin to plan and get ready. You know, before the end of the year, when we're looking at winter, one of the things that we do in our office every November is we make a call to our clients and we say, hey, it's that time of year again? We gotta send you money. They love that call. Who wouldn't? Wouldn't you love to get a call saying, hey, I gotta send you thousands of dollars? That's because when individuals are 72, we have to send that required minimum distribution. So we do that in November. And of course, if you've taken an RMD before, you know you can have that come out monthly, you can have it come out semi-annual, but a lot of our clients who don't need the resources say, I'm just gonna wait on it and they send it to me once a year. So that would be something that we wanna make sure gets done. Now that kind of segues into the beneficiary IRA and the 10-year rule. So I wanna pause here and talk about that. In the past, when you had a loved one that passed away that was not your spouse, maybe a parent, friend, whoever it was, and you inherited the IRA, you got to take what your age was and their age, and you're able, well, you were able to combine things so that you could have an income stream, and they made you take the money out. The IRS said, no, you got to take money out each year, but it was a smaller amount because it was based mostly on your age. Okay, this is your age. What should we be doing? Well, they changed that rule. When the SECURE Act came out in 2020, they said, "Um, no, we're not waiting for you to slowly dole out money over the course of your life. We need to speed up that process. And so what they said was, is that if you inherit a beneficiary IRA, you have 10 years to take that money out. Just the other day, I sat down with a client, uh, his mom had died. So we rolled everything over. So now he has a beneficiary IRA and he knows every year he's got to take ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 out of that account. Or he can wait and say, I'm not taking anything out, but in year 10, I'm going to take the whole kit and caboodle. Now, obviously if we're looking from tax planning purposes that may not be the best interest to take everything in one lump sum depending upon the amount that's in the account but there are some people that are looking at the economy where it is today and they're saying huh with the market being down i don't want to sell anything in this account i don't want to take money out i'm going to wait till the market recovers and take it then To me, okay, so that makes sense. You have others who are inheriting it and saying, by the time I have to spend this down, I'm gonna be retired, I'm gonna do one whole lump sum. All these different choices that you have is something that you can sit down with a financial advisor. You can talk to them and say, hey, what do I do in a situation that's right for me? Where I've seen the confusion is there are individuals who have inherited an IRA, so now it's called a beneficiary IRA, before 2020, and they're feeling like, oh, I gotta do what the new rule says in 2020, the SECURE Act, I've gotta be under that 10-year guideline. No, that's why we wanna look at it and say, what year did you receive that IRA? And depending upon the year is how it's going to be related to the required minimum distribution that you have to take out. So I wanted to make sure that I brought that to your attention. It seems like lately we've been getting a lot of calls on that, so I wanna, Put that to rest if there's some, if you have a question specifically, okay, so this is when I received my beneficiary IRA. I'm not sure what to do. Feel free, give us a call at 518-433-7181. Let's walk through the dynamics of it to make sure that you are taking what's needed, right? We wanna make sure which set of guidelines that you're under and of course, so that there is no penalty. And of course, if it's a spouse, It's a whole different ballgame. So, when a loved one that's your spouse passes away, very different than whether it's a child receiving it or a friend of the family. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to quick take a 30 second ad. Let's make it a 60 second break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about this rule of 72 because many individuals are saying, hey, I need some money before I turn 59 and a half. There are big things happening. I've got a client walking through some really scary health issues right now. And they're saying, okay, well, I wanna tap into this IRA. It's been sitting there, it's big, it's not a beneficiary IRA. So if they touch it before 59 and a half, there is a 10% penalty. There's other issues that are there, not just health issues, not just what we would see as emergencies. Maybe there's buying opportunities. We have a lot of individuals that are doing what we call rescue IRAs. I want to talk about them and we'll be back in just 60 seconds with more crystal clear finances. Faith-based investing has three main objectives, avoid, embrace, and engage. This is Crystal Langdon with today's Financial Gem. You can avoid investing in companies that support agendas in direct contradiction to your beliefs. You can embrace investment opportunities designed for kingdom impact, and you can engage by challenging companies to do better in the areas that are compromising to our biblical worldview. Every dollar we invest can be used to avoid, embrace, and engage in faith-based investing. Call Crystal Clear Finances at 518-433-7181 and begin faith-based investing today. back with more Crystal Clear Finances. And yes, today we are talking about the fact that there are taxes that we can begin to prepare for in every season. We started off our program by saying that season, January through April, right, is where we make some last minute decisions. We decide if we're going to add to our IRA. We decide if we're adding to our Roth. We figure out, oops, we should have created a SEP or a SIMPLE, which by the way, so that I'm not just throwing names out there. A SEP or a SIMPLE is a retirement plan that you can use with a small business. If you have less than a hundred employees, you can begin to put that in place. It's like a mini version of a 401k. You can choose whether you want loans involved with it, whether the people need to work part-time or full-time. You know, You can set up a few stipulations on it, but it's a great way where you can either make a 2% or 3% contribution to your employees and they don't have to add anything, or you can do a match for it. And I know today it's so hard to find quality uh, team members and this is a great way that you can add a value add. But usually what I see is January through February, all these things kind of bubble to the top and we need to make those decisions. And what I believe is if we can begin tax planning one season at a time, keep doing a little bit each season, by the time April 15th comes, we're not worried about, oh, goodness, uh, I'm, I'm not ready for this. I'm scrambling. And wouldn't it feel nice not to scramble? Wouldn't it feel nice to know, hey, I've made all the donations I needed to to the right place. I've made all the contributions I needed to to the right place. I had a lot of individuals come in this year that said they made more money in 2021 and that they were able to give more and they gave more because they knew if they didn't, they were just gonna be paying more taxes on it. And those are things you begin to set up at the beginning of the year. Now, we talked also about the fact that come summer, that's a great time to take your taxes out that finally got done and sit down with a tax strategist and say, help me. Begin to plan more because you're halfway through the year. You should know what you're making, especially for you business owners. You can tell if you're having a good year and you need some extra planning. We need to set up a retirement account. We need to make sure that we've uh, got some purchases that can be made. That's a great time to discuss it. And come fall, again, we wanna set up any of those steps or simples at that time. There's deadlines that are involved with it. And we wanna look to see where you are in taxes if you need to change your withholdings on your paycheck so that you're not getting big lump sums. Because remember, the government is not giving you any interest on the money that you have them pay you in April, and I've got two clients right now that are are waiting for returns to come in. So we wanna make sure that you keep your money and do efficient tax planning. Before the end of the year, we also wanna make sure that there is tax ha- tax loss harvesting. So that's a mouthful as you can see. And I wanna talk about that in addition to, I wanna make sure we cover that rule of 72T, because gain and loss tax loss harvesting is an ability. So let's pretend that you have a stock in your account and that stock is gangbusters. It has done so well. But in working together, we were able to run a report. We have something called the Value Line, where we're able to go in. It shows the projections of three to five years. The economists will weigh in on it, on what they believe, if this is timely. And then it will tell us all about lawsuits that are happening with that company, mergers that are happening, new drugs that they're putting out, where does the FDA stand on things, and gives a great overview of it. So let's pretend that you have this stock that just went gangbusters, did phenomenal. We've run the report on it because of course, we did your annual review here at Crystal Clear Finances. We looked at it and realized the projections are, hey, wait a minute, based on the current economy, based on some upcoming lawsuits, based upon a change in policy and procedures and some laws in place, this stock may not continue at that rapid growth that was going on. And so you're like, well, okay, it served its purpose. It made me the money. Let's cash it in and let's go now and use that money to buy a different stock, right? You always want to sell it when it's high. The problem is if this is in a taxable account, meaning an account in just your name, that's not a retirement account or a joint account that's in you and a loved one's name, right? When that gets sold, that can cause taxes. And so those are the capital gains taxes that we don't really want to do. So what's our option? Most people say, there's nothing I can do about it. Well, let's pretend that in that same account, there was another stock. And that stock was supposed to go gangbusters, and it didn't. Tanked. I mean, not little, but it really went down. And we run the report. We pull up value line. We look at everything on it, and we're like, yeah, the projection of this is that it's, it's going to be a long time out before it turns its way around. You know, between all the things it's doing, yes, it's diversifying. Yes, it's doing this, but it, it's not going to, we probably won't see anything for at least five to seven years. Then the question becomes this. Do we wait five to seven years with a stock that's not doing good, not earning you money, has now not just been lazy money, but it's losing money. Do we sell that? And when we sell it, we get to write off the the loss. And then we also sell the one that did gangbusters for you. So now we have the gain and we have the loss and we begin to harvest them together to net that the taxes are very small. Isn't that cool how it works? We do that all the time where we're doing tax loss harvesting. We're looking at the end of the year. We usually do it like if, if individuals are saying, hey, I need to make a purchase or I need money. I'm doing a remodel. We're getting a lot of remodel calls where we're able to go in there and say, okay, how much do you need? Well, this stock is really good. Let's capture some of the gains. This one does not give a good forecast. So we're gonna sell that and we minimize the taxes. These are things that you should be sitting down with your financial advisor. I know, it's summertime, who wants to think about taxes? But if we will do things that most people won't, then we can have the results that most people won't. And so we want to take time and do that tax planning. That right there, tax loss harvesting, write that down, put a star by it, and talk to your financial planner. If you don't have a financial planner, I encourage you, give our office a call at 518-433-7181. Let's sit down, I'd love to show you how it works because we literally look at the cost basis, the amount that you bought it for, and we can do some tax-loss harvesting there. We also, when you're looking at taxes going through the year end, because we had spring, summer, winter, and then fall, when we look at um, the fall time, we want to think about charitable gifting. Now I met with a client just the other day and they said, you know, I write a check for 200 here and $50 there and $5,000 here, and they're sporadic in their giving. And they said, I wish I could be more concentrated in my giving. I wish I knew that I was making a real impact instead of just a little bit going to all these different places. And I agree with that concept. Now, what she's talking about is above and beyond what people are doing at their local churches. This is, this woman would like to give at least $10,000 away. And in the past, it's been to multiple organizations being able to sit down with her was such an exciting time to show her how we can literally set up something that's called a donor advised fund. Donor advised funds are where you can put your family's name, you know, the Joe Smith Family Foundation, the Joe Smith Charitable Trust, whatever you want to call it, and you can put that in there in place and then you make the donation. So in this case, she can make the donation of 10,000 Her concern was this, I know it gets to the end of the year. I know I start writing checks so that I can hit my charitable remainder goal. I would rather have it concentrated, but I don't know who to give that $10,000 to. And I feel pressured and I feel rushed. By doing a donor advised fund, what that allows is she can make that $10,000 gift. It's done, but she doesn't have to pick which organization is going to receive it yet. So literally, if she wanted to, every year she could put $10,000 into that donor-advised fund. Now, what would that do? What What happens to it once it gets there? Does it become lazy money and just sit there? Au contraire. Because what you can do with a donor advised fund is put the money into it. Then as a financial advisor, I can go in and invest those proceeds. And whenever she or her family members are ready, they can say, I found an organization. I want to give 10000 over here for water. I want to give 10000 over here to help with A21. I want to help over here. All these different places they can start sending the money to, but they're not forced to do it on an annual basis. Although every year they contribute to it, they get that deduction that year. They get that credited to them. Isn't that pretty cool? So I would encourage you as you get to the end of this year, and I know we got months, but I'm planting the seeds now to help you understand that, yes, there's tax loss harvesting that can be done at the end of the year. Yes, you can go ahead and say, well, wait a minute, I wanna do gifting, I don't really know what uh, organization I want to give it to besides my church. So I want to put it in here and I want to put it in my family's name. Now, here's something that's great about that. When you put it in your family's name or whatever you choose to, if you'd rather it remain anonymous, so that when organizations are getting the gift, they don't call and thank you. And you're like, I'm not into that. I don't want that. What's really cool though, is that you can list your children or other people that you love to be the next ones that step up when you pass. So let's say that you have this and let's say eventually 20 years from now, you pass away. There's still money in this donor advised fund because you've been giving every year. It doesn't die with you. What happens is whoever you've listed, if it's your children, they now say once a year, hey, mom and dad started this account. And I know mom and dad really like this one area. Can we give to that one area? And every year the family gets together and makes the decision of where they're going to gift that money. How cool is that? Now, you might have some people who say, not cool. I don't want my kids involved. My kids would be putting it to organizations I don't believe in. And I'm seeing that a lot where you have one generation that's saying, this is where I want the money. You got a whole nother generation's like, nope, the money's going here. That's not a problem because what you can do with the foundations we use, they will have an executor there that says, let's write out what your goal is for this fund who you wanted to minister to, and we'll make sure that that is taken care of for you. I have a a case right now, or an example I should say, of a woman that received funds from her mother, and she didn't need them. So she said, I'm going to create a donor-advised fund. And I said, well, what was your mom's passion? What was it that she liked? And she said, my mom loved worship music. So now, what she did, because she doesn't want to be responsible for giving or finding companies, she listed that the funds in that can only be used to help support the creation and sustaining of worship music. Now, what happens is, and this is for all of you who may be in the music industry who are looking for funds, is that those people write charitable organizations and say, hey, I'm looking for a grant, I'm looking for money from these donor advised funds, this is where I focus on. I write Christian music, I write worship music. Do you have any funding that I could use that would fulfill this calling? So now this woman, who's my client, she's honoring her mother because she's got this donor advised fund. It's for worship music. And now you have people who are using it, writing worship music who can come and get the funds needed. It is a wonderful way to give. And again, that's part, I know it doesn't sound like it, but that's part of tax planning. Well, I'm looking at the clock and realizing we've got to go. The rule is 72T. I want to make sure that individuals understand there is a way that if you need to tap into your IRA and you say it doesn't qualify for any of the other excuses or caveats or holes that are out there, there is a way you can take substantial payments subsequent every year they have to be taken there are guidelines i will talk about it on next week's program you can call me at 518-433-7181 i'll go over it with you and please join us again next time as we continue to provide financial clarity so that you can have confidence for every financial decision thank you and god bless this program is for educational purposes only we understand that finances are complex Facing them alone causes stress, resulting in wrong choices, missing out on opportunities, and having to settle for a lower standard of living. At Crystal Clear Finances, our team approach focuses on providing clarity and confidence so you can make the right financial decisions. Investment advisory and financial planning services are offered through AlphaStar Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Clear Finances and AlphaStar are separate and independent entities. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.